Welcome to the Talking Asset Management with KPMG podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the SEC's Division of Examinations 2021 exam priorities. Hello, this is Sean McKee, KPMG's National Leader for our Public Investment Management Practice. And with me today is Matt Giordano, our Deputy Leader of that practice. Matt, if you'd like to say hello. Great to talk to you today, Sean. Great. And Matt and I today are going to be talking about the SEC's Division of Examinations 2021 exam priorities. And we may use the term uh, OC also from time to time to refer to Division of Examinations. They recently changed their name. It was formerly the Office of Compliance Inspections and Examinations and otherwise affectionately known as OC in the past, and now it's the Division of Examinations. So you may hear us use that interchangeably. Um, so one of the things that's very interesting uh, around any time they release the exam priorities for the year is they also go through the prior year and they say what the exam results were and they summarize those. So Matt, you know, when you looked at the 2020 summary of results, what in there did you find interesting? Sure, Sean. You know, there's a lot of interesting tidbits in there. But if I look at 2020, I would say the first thing that stuck out to me was how busy the division of examinations was. And if you look at it holistically, the division essentially had to pivot to more pressing issues due to COVID. They were very focused on the working environment due to the pandemic. So they were looking at BCP plans, operational effectiveness, cybersecurity, and a number of other areas. But on top of that, they still issued eight risk alerts. They had over 3,000 examinations. And, you know, that was that was still down from the year before, but 3,000 examinations is, is a lot. Um, one thing that I would point out is the focus was on registered investment advisors as it had been in the past. So again, there's a slight decrease, but still a, a major focus. And that's due to the significant growth of RIAs. One thing to point out is when you think about the 3,000 exams, out of those 3,000 exams, OC issued 2,000 deficiency letters. So still a significant number of deficiency letters coming out of 3,000 exams. And what always worries me a little is the number of enforcement cases. So out of those 2,000 deficiency letters, 130 enforcement referrals came out of those letters. And there will certainly be more to come as time goes on. It takes a while for these enforcement referrals and cases to take place. So we will see more than that 130. Yep. You know, as a fun aside, if you were to uh, to uh, place a bet on where you think it will be over or under for 2021 in terms of examinations, where would you place that bet? I certainly think that we will see an increase in the number of examinations. You know, the world's opening up again. They were down about 4% from their, from their high um, I expect to see the number increase. Interesting. I, I, I place the same bet, but it'll be interesting to, to watch how things transpire. So with that, that's, that's good in terms of the FY 2020 results. So let's kind of now get into where the focus areas are for 2021. What did you notice and, and what did you find interesting in terms of the 2021 uh, areas of focus. 
Sure. So there's nine areas of focus. And then the way that I always think about these focus areas is that essentially they can change at any time. The way that the division typically looks at it is they, they look at or prioritize emerging risks. So we keep hearing climate and ESG. For that from legislators, the president, um, we will see that. So outside of that area, let's talk about some other ones. When it comes to RIAs or broker dealers, um, the SEC will certainly be focused on risk factors. So who has higher risk characteristics? Um, they'll look at compensation and funding agreements. They'll look at disclosures and, and representations that are being made to clients. They also look for recidivist activity, and I think that this is a big one. We saw this focus years ago, and, and you can see it again um, currently, and I, I think it'll be another area. If you are a fund that has had a number of deficiencies or a registered investment advisor that has had a number of deficiencies in the past, I certainly think that you will be elevated on, on the risk level and, and likely to be focused on, again, by the Division of Examinations. Um, and then if you, depending on the types of funds that you have, I think that will also change your risk profile. And if you've had explosive growth, which we've seen in certain areas, that will certainly change your risk area. Um, out of the nine focus areas, you know, you kind of have the perennial areas that OC always focuses on or the division of exam focuses on. And that's really around standard of conduct, fraud or sales practices, um, and, and then the retail investor. And what OC did and where they're looking at retail investors is around mutual funds and ETFs. And the focus will be on recommendations that are involving certain ETFs in the adequacy of the risk disclosures and the suitability. So this is an area where I would tell folks that make sure you're doing what you say in your in your disclosures um, an area that the sec has focused on in the past is around leverage or inverse etfs they do talk about that as part of their priorities so if you have a leveraged etf or an inverse etf double check the disclosures um, make sure that the risk factors are right and that they're appropriate and that'll certainly help Another area of focus is around microcap securities and that's because there were a lot of microcap securities or microcap companies that were making false claims. If you have a microcap fund, same thing, look at risk factors and look at disclosures to make sure that they're appropriate. Yeah, Matt, you know, one of the things I always think is interesting um, is people kind of look back is, is sometimes you can get a false assurance that everything's okay just because maybe the staff was in, looked at something, didn't comment, or the staff hasn't been in, so you figure that no news is, is, is good news, and you figure that, oh, my disclosures must be okay. But uh, it's common for us to see that's not the case, that you just can't assume that that's something that they paid very close attention to, and thus those double checks that you mention around policies and procedures and disclosures can be very valuable, and it's a good thing to do periodically and recheck yourself. Absolutely, Sean. And what we're seeing now is more focused examinations. So if you think about the past, the, the division of exams would look at everything holistically and they would do a deep dive. Now a lot of times they're focused on one or two or three areas, and it may be years before they come back and look at the, the disclosures. So I completely 
agree with what you mentioned. Did you know that KPMG has a full suite of podcasts featuring our thought leaders and their insights on the business challenges of today? If you're listening to this podcast, you might enjoy catching up on Capitol Hill, hosted by the incredibly insightful and engaging KPMG tax principal, John Gimigliano. This series features KPMG professionals discussing current developments in Washington with a goal of helping you make sense of the tax policy discussions and understanding what the impacts may be on your organization. Catching up on Capitol Hill is now available on Apple and Google Podcasts. That leads us to another area, and that's the LIBOR transition. So this has been a focus of exams over the past year, and I think it certainly will be in this year. They talk about it a little. Uh, what we've seen, you know, what we're hearing from headquarters is that essentially they'll be looking at whether or not certain individuals or management understand the exposure to LIBOR and they're prepared for the discontinuation of LIBOR. Now, what we're seeing is really the SEC asking questions around policies and procedures around the transition around LIBOR, who and what will be affected, and how management plans to ensure that investors aren't harmed or understand the transition. So, it's a priority for them. Um, we haven't seen a lot of enforcement cases or or deficiencies come out of the LIBOR transition, but it's certainly an area of focus. The other area is around registered investment advisors and in investment companies, an area that's kind of a perennial focus area is around the compliance programs. I would tell you it's always good to refresh your compliance programs, spend time with your, the attorneys, the accountants, and make sure that what's in your policies and procedures is in line with what you're doing and that they're not vanilla. Another area around RIA compliance that, that OC specifically pointed out was around ESG or sustainability funds and making sure that there, there is consistency and adequacy of the disclosures around these types of funds. I think generally there's a, a concern about greenwashing, so that will be an area that the SEC will focus on. Yeah, Matt, I think, you know, the ESG and the sustainability funds, I think those are areas that where disclosure really matters. I also think consistency with your internal documentation as the staff looks at things you know, it, does your internal documentation of what you're doing and the communications around what you're doing, is that making its way and consistent with the disclosures you're making? Are there any inconsistencies? Because the, the concern around uh, people not doing everything they're saying they're doing or not uh, providing all the risks that they say they're providing uh, and, and disclosure around those risks is um, an area that, that we expect. Uh, that focus to be rather acute. That's right, Sean. And the way that I think about it, say what you do and do what you say. And that keeps a lot of people out of trouble. Um, another area of focus, and this is kind of the last one that we'll mention, is really in the registered fund space. And they talk specifically about mutual funds and ETFs. There's a number of items, but the one that I wanted to point out most importantly, and I think this will be the biggest focus area, is around valuation. And when I started with the commission, when we would talk about valuation or when we saw OC focused on valuation, it would be very high level around, okay, what are your policies and procedures? 
what are you doing over your service around your service providers who are providing those third-party prices? And we're seeing a much more detailed dive by this this group and in the folks that are in there now. They're just smarter. They understand it more, and they're going into more detail. So that's an area that I would certainly focus on. And it's a priority of the division of investment management. We've seen the new valuation rule. There's still 18 months. It has an 18-month tail on it. But folks are really starting to look into valuation, and I would expect that to continue. A couple other areas just to, to focus on for registered funds is around practices related to securities lending, also liquidity risk management. They specifically call out liquidity risk management in the analytics and what's going up to the board. So I would make sure that your policies and procedures are tight in that area and that the board reporting is, is correct. And then money market funds. Um, I, I think that money market funds will remain on the list for years, even though a lot of us don't think that they are um, what we would what we would think of as you know, systemically in, important. There's still a lot of money in money market funds from a dollar standpoint, so they're used as a they're used as a cash management vehicle too. So I think really around the stress testing of those money market funds and the new or not so new at this point money market fund rules and making sure that you're in compliance with all those rules as well. Yeah, I think those are good points. I, I think on the money market fu- fund side, uh, we, we fully, to your point, expect to see something. W- when you think about it, anytime there's a, a shock to the system and the Fed has to take some action, then it leads back to a larger discussion with uh, other regulators, including the SEC, around uh, are the rules as sharp and, and tight as they should be and are any refinements worthy? So I, I think that's something we, we fully expect to see. I think the liquidity risk management as well. And I think that's interesting because it's also a focus area of the European regulators. And we're actually seeing them take a, a good amount of interest in that area. Sean, I think those were all good points. And one item that I didn't see as part of the exam priorities, but I do think in our industry or our focus, we'll see exams take take a hard look at is the derivatives rule and the policies and procedures in place around the derivatives rule, the reporting up, and then the VAR metric. So I I would also tell folks that's probably the last thing to, to keep in mind as well. Well, Matt, that was very insightful. So thanks for your your comments today. Enjoyable to have a discussion as always. And listeners, we're so glad that you could join us. Thanks and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Talking Asset Management with KPMG. And be sure to subscribe to the series to be notified of new episodes. 